spread one love, okay? Thanks for tuning in to us, the Eminem Show. And welcome back to another episode of the Eminem Show. Here hey. we are live at the One Love Massive headquarters in Historic Shaw, Washington, D.C. And I am your host, Nikki. We are here uh, with Molly and Mills. Molly, how you doing? What's up? Good to see ya. Good to see you. Yes, yes. It's good to see you. <coughs> and we are here with the one and only, the real Jake, 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 Jake Mills, and <laughs> Naughty Nina. Oh, <laughs> I thought I left her at home today. <laughs> that was the Naughty Nina voice to me. It was. Oh, um, just on <laughs> sharing the link. Make sure you share, share, share. So we got a couple people in the yes. room. Share the link so other people can tune in. Yes, please like and share. Share our show. Yeah, man. Share our show. <clears throat> Trying to be a good girl, you know. Hashtag MNM show one love. Hashtag yep. Molly Nikki Mills. So uh, it's the three of us today, ladies. It's going to be a real intimate show today. Hey, now. We get mm. to get intimate and closer to each other. Why are you attempt- taunting Naughty <laughs> Nina like this? It's like, you, it's like you want her to come out. Like, seriously. I don't know. That's just what came out of me. Oh. So she apparently, ins- I don't know. I'm it inspired. Just, it just keeps coming. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, as per usual, I like to do a deeper check-in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, Nikki. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Deeper. <laughs> but even yeah. my like even my like sexy voice is still like cheesy and corny. So add more breath to it. Yeah. Try it again. Add all of the breath in your lungs with your words. I don't know. I'm pregnant. It's hard to breathe. <laughs> <as> it is. <laughs> That's as sexy as it gets for me right now. Does it feel like you just have like a watermelon attached to your stomach? Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. I got to (laughs) practice. Wait, what is it? On the next Eminem show. Whoa. Yeah, you heard that. (laughs) Get it in, girl. Uh, Oh, oh. Well, As I reach for my whiskey. Exactly. <laughs> Put my tea down. Switch my cups. So, uh, yeah, ladies, that deeper check-in. What's been going on with you uh, this past week here? It's been a week since our last show. Shout out to Angela Nicole Winfield, so graciously joining us and mm. uh, excited to be here. Sorry for those of you who were expecting uh, Uptown Expo. We had a little... Uh, technical difficulty, some scheduling difficulty, but he will be joining us in the very near future. Um, but instead, I'm gonna rap. So yes, know, right? For no, real? No, absolutely <laughs> <Okay>. not. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. That's fun to think about. It, it is. How are you doing, Molly? What's been What's been good? What's been mediocre? Well, you know, fuck all the mediocre shit because I'm not trying to cry on air. <laughs> but um, it's been an interesting week. Um, 
uh, I ran into someone wearing a shirt that said DC or Ricky is DC. <clears throat> Long story short, um, Diageo, the like number one liquor distributor in the world, uh, who works with National Wholesale and Breakthrough Beverage, which are the two distribution companies in DC. Like every bar has to get their liquor from those two people. And they did some event in New Orleans and made these shirts that said, <clears throat> Ricky is DC, and stole my font and my DC as fuck design, like the DC that I made with the flag in it, like complete rip. But who is Ricky? Like a, like a fucking gin Ricky or whatever. It's like a cocktail. Oh, okay. That's what is like DC? A Does it mean something different than the District of Columbia? I think they were trying to say like Ricky is DC as fuck. That's what they were like going for. So they made these shirts and they gave them to the DC bartenders when they were in New Orleans for this event. But a few of them like refused to wear it. <laughs> Some of them wear it. And I'm going to find you motherfuckers who wore that shit. Just kidding. I'm not. But like, fuck you. Um, so yeah, Diageo stole a shit. Sounds like they got a monopoly going on too in the city as well. Oh, a hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Well, it's, you know, it's weird. It's all the alcohol regulations. So like people can't just buy from Diageo. So Diageo has to sell it to those two companies. And like one company has like, they basically all have the same stuff, but like one of them only like carries <clears throat> Hennessy and the other one has, you know, like, so if you own a bar, you have to go through both of them, mm -hmm. but you can't like, it's, that's why it's illegal. They'll have like Costco liquor behind your bar because you have to buy it from uh -huh. Washington Wholesale, which is now Breakthrough Beverage or Republic National. Which really sucks. Yeah, it's, it's quite a monopoly. It is quite a monopoly. It's horrendous. It's really interesting. It's terrible. So it's definitely disappointing Deplorable. to know that a company with that much money um, is stealing designs from local artists. Well, they're still in business from uh, everybody else. It, it kind of goes in line. Facts. It's really not that. Well, we're abnormal. calling them out today. Yes. Calling them out. Publicly. So, <coughs> so apparently they want to do more community bolstering events and be a big part of bigger things that bolster the community. And so are they going uh, to pay a you? friend of mine who works in that realm brought it up at a meeting and uh, advocated for me and showed the head of the East Coast operations the picture. And she was apologetic and apparently is going to reach out to me. So I am hopeful. But that's always a nice little ripple in your week when you look up and you realize like. People think your shit is so cool. They're stealing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, You've made it to a new Which is a nice level. way to look at it. You've made yeah. it to a new level. Yes. Yes. So it's interesting. But it's really nice to know that I have friends that like give a shit and like uh, rallied for me in those meetings. So it's nice to know that no matter what. Uh, People got your back. People got my back. And so that's cool. Yeah. And then in other good news, uh, I signed the lease on the building next door. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. You know, which is slightly terrifying because it's like more debt, more responsibility, more rent I got to pay every month. But I won't call the cops for noise complaints <laughs> on myself. <laughs> so there's a serious win there. So that way we don't have to worry about the productions that we're doing and the recording that we're doing here and disturbing anybody. Um, and so that's exciting. I definitely feel mm. more rooted to the block in the neighborhood than before, and that's that feels good. You know, I'm invested. I'm I'm here for the long haul, and it feels good. 
Maybe some uh, some artist uh, housing situation, rental that's, situation. That's definitely the goal. I've got some, you know, big long-term, short-term plans for that whole, you know, artist artistic community oh. ecosystem. You know, we'll be looking forward to the story, yes. the saga of yes next door. But I will say this: so I've been listening to a lot of like sleep hypnosis. Um, videos on youtube and like guided meditations because mm. i needed like the white noise kind of videos yeah. or it's, like it's, it's someone a, talking it's to both. you so it's like that like vibrational frequency like stuff Tibetan singing bowls yeah and, stuff. and yeah exactly and then um and there's different ones so there's like for pain management for inflammation for wealth for there's a lot of different what? like mm-hmm. healing frequencies just on youtube you can listen to or to solfeggio frequencies, that's H mm, H S O L F E G G I O solfeggio frequencies. Nice. See, that's good. I'm glad Jay knows more about it. I just know it's working. So I've been doing, like, if I wake up in a lot of pain, which has been the last few months, I, I listen to a guided meditation, and then I start listening to the uh, just the frequencies, mm-hmm. you know? And then I got into sleep hypnosis for, like, success and whatever, and I have to say that, like, I really feel like there's something to it. Like, even if it's placebo effect, you know, just, like, putting effort into wanting to feel better or <clears throat> putting effort into, like, wanting to succeed. And I think the greatest lesson that I learned this week is, like, uh, I counted myself out of a lot of things so many times. Like, um, <clears throat> it just happened to be that the people next door were moving out, and I just happened to walk by when they were unloading their shit, and I was like, yo, you know, it just happened that way. <clears throat> and... um you know, my credit's not great. I don't have a ton of money right now. You know what I'm saying? Nobody I a, has good credit. Yeah, I have a lot of things <laughs> working against me in the, like, you know, attractive tenant category, you know? Uh, but I went for it anyway, you know? And the, and the guys who own the house bought it, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, and they're artists themselves, and they lived there for a number of years, and they're <clears throat> super supportive, and the universe has provided. And so that's what I'm saying is, like, you know... Um, I really feel like, you know, if you're struggling, you know, just putting any kind of effort into feeling better can really produce tremendous results. Gotta think positive. Yes. And if you can't, just fucking put a YouTube video on and let them do it for you. I mean, you know, shit. I don't know. What do you think about, like, sleep hypnosis? They say that, like, like, even though you're sleeping, you can still, like, listen to, like, subliminal messages and, like, process them. So the the nighttime ones, like, for weight loss, they'll be like, you're not going to crave sugar tomorrow. You're going to drink a lot of water. Like, you know, just all, like... Yeah, um... It's interesting. Uh, in my weekly recap, got to give a shout out to the Women's Holistic Summit, the Women's yeah. Holistic Healing Summit that was yeah. this past Saturday, March 31st, um, where the question was asked about meditation and astral traveling. And um, after this young lady asked that question, so many other hands shot up in the audience. We didn't have enough time to talk about meditation and the deepness. But I bring that up because uh, the first question I asked, you know, was where does your mind go when you sleep? And, um, you know, just understanding the true power of your mind and what is real and what we've been told is real is something that two other people can witness. Without that, it's not real. real, It won't hold up in nobody's court. Your marriage ain't real. Your death ain't even real. 
nothing is real unless somebody else can say, yeah, that happened. <clears throat> but that's not the truth. Right. The, the realest things that can happen to you, only you know. Only you can feel. Sometimes you can hope that someone else can experience that feeling with you, but the actual interaction of those real moments are just for you to perceive. And um, when you ask about, you know, what's possible, you know, can you play this while you sleep and things like that, your subconscious mind is so powerful. That's what's, it's so powerful. Your conscious mind that's attached to the ego, that's attached right. to the body. Environment. attached to the environment and th things that are actually not real. These things are not real. What's really real is who you are inside. And this isn't a metaphysical message. I'm, I'm going to pause there. Maybe I know what I'm going to talk about later hey. and go into that. But, yeah, you can totally program yourself for anything. It's mind over matter. If you yeah. think you can, you can. you can. And there are a lot of ways to think that you can. And, yeah. and fooling the subconscious <laughs> first, whether it's playing the frequencies or actually playing these uh, motivational messages mm -hmm. or you know, chance or whatever it is, it can affect you in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it, man. You know, I was standing in the room with Brandon the other day and <clears throat> just looking at, you know, standing in this empty house, just being like, you know, looking at the Howard Theater. Like, that's what started the journey here was coming in the building and looking at the Howard Theater. And it just kind of all hit me and made me really grateful to you know manifest your dreams you know and just be willing yeah. to try you know what i mean it's definitely a big responsibility and a lot more stress too but it's a beautiful thing you know yeah, what i mean yeah. so just feeling very fortunate for that you know and trying yeah. to keep things in perspective i know especially right now you know i was just talking to ice cold she's in the building she's upstairs actually hey um, hey and uh we need the air horn <laughs> sound effect right now um so yeah i mean you know just i think it's just you know it's tough it's winter we're not super active it's fucking dark and cold a lot and i feel like everybody she's like i'm just trying to find the spark i'm just trying to feel something and i'm like oh man what if we're all kind of feeling that way right now like you know what if what if like you know every single thought and feeling you have every day is like the same exact thought and feeling everyone else is having every day that would be Meta. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what I mean? I'm just ready for the sun to come out and to get warm and we to be able to ride my bike are. every day. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, I'm excited because you can feel spring starting to come. You see the cherry blossoms popping and different uh, flowers and, you know, daffodils popping and stuff. But then I'm sad because it's supposed to like snow Shut again. Up. And and I'm just like, no, because then it's going to, no. like, damage all of those blooms. And then more are going to bloom, but it's going to be, like, half as glorious as it can be mm. in D.C. And, like, when D.C. has a spring that actually, like, flows in the way that it's, like, winter and then the nice gradual transition so that there's none of that, like, March backlash with the snow. Like, it is so just gorgeous and magical here and it's part of the reason i can never leave honestly it, yeah, it feels like we live in magical care bear land forest here it's just it's gorgeous so it i was, was kind of sad about that but well you know maybe it'll just toughen them up a little bit and they'll just be really robust for spring and maybe 
but probably not. We have seen this before. <laughs> but, you know, um, shout out to uh, getting in tune with one subconscious in your dreams. Uh, mm. This reminds me of a, a very interesting pregnancy dream that I had hey. uh, just a couple of days ago, actually. So I dreamt that I had my baby um, and it it did not have a gender. It wasn't a boy or a girl. Like that was unclear to me in the dream. The gender was fluid. It was fluid. And, um, like there were times when I thought it was a little boy, but then like I knew it was a little girl. So anyway, there was that, but the child like was a genius and at like six months it was walking <laughs> and like its first word was like sustainable or something <laughs> like ridiculous. Um, and like, you know, <laughs> like we started, Only you would have that happen though. Like I'm waiting for it now. <laughs> and the baby started speaking, you know, in like full sentences, like really quickly. And <laughs> the coolest thing about the baby though, was that it could transform into a kitten. <laughs> What? That's pretty convenient. <laughs> Started with that. <laughs> That's the most cool thing, though. So, even the baby watching it, like, oh my gosh, your first word, like celebrating and everything. And then there's other moments where I remember, like, the baby as a kitten, like hiding under the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, baby cat. You know? Not what I expected you to say. Like rubbing its belly, like hiding I, under the couch. I loved it all the same, you know? And. I, okay, so speaking of things that are real to you, but maybe not to other people, to me, like, my husband is a cat. Like, he is a lion. And he has feline features in the way that he moves. And and he's also a Leo, too. So, like, he has, to me, like, a, 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 a large cat energy. So maybe in my mind... I think that I'm having a little like cub or kitten, you know, or something like that. Yeah. So maybe that's how it all came together that's and dope. manifested. But I don't know. That's dope. Or maybe Chris is Lionel. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. And you're about to have a transformer baby. Who's baby half baby half kitten? I feel like this is all solid. It could, no matter what. It could very well happen. Chris is also, um, I think, part like metal part robot as well so there's a likelihood that it could also have some kind of robotic we might features. be on something here <laughs> so it is definitely like poop 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 like punching in my belly oh a my lot gosh. these days so um getting ready to come out in battle so wait what what sign is your baby most likely going to be um i think if the baby is born july 3rd actually on the day that it's predicted, then the baby would be a cancer. Which is interesting for myself as an Aquarius. And my husband is a Leo. Um, we have two very powerful energies um, that complement each other. Um, I don't know if like the cancer is on the you're compatible with list with Aquarius and Leo or not. I don't know, but it I don't know. It doesn't really matter because our baby's going to be the greatest thing in our lives. And we already love her so much as is. So we do. 
Are we allowed to talk about that? Do you have a lighter, Jason? Do you have a lighter? I really need a lighter. Oh. <laughs> hey, good. Santos. Yes. Shout out to yes. the Lab Cypher Show, That's another right. incredible mm-hmm. show at One Love Massive. One of my favorites for sure. Absolutely. Catch it on uh, live.onelovemassive.com. It actually is my favorite, aside from the Eminem show, but. <sighs> It's dope. It's so dope, man. It's, they do such a good job of it. They do. It's it's a real highlight and uh, um, promotion of hip hop culture, yeah. um, DC culture. You know, it's building community. People meet each other. Jay Mills is on the show, tearing yeah. it up, flossing but, but, on there. It was such a great episode. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout out to uh, 06 Chris, my husband. He's such a good, like... And Santos. Yeah, they're such a good team together, too. They it's are. awesome to see them yeah. do their thing. They also visioned and manifested yeah. you know this yeah, you totally. know these shows mm-hmm. didn't exist without an idea a want you know mm-hmm. to showcase the cool things about dc um and to project confidence in our personalities that we can yeah. do this yeah. you know you can be a regular person and manifest your dreams and have a podcast or get a building or have a baby <laughs> whatever whatever we'll it create is create a whole ass you know? person inside you know? of you we can do miracles it's crazy they come in all forms it is i love watching that show like i love i remember the first time i saw oh six chris like the or chris be oh six become oh six what is this oh it's the best thing ever i mean especially to work you know next to him a lot and then to see that and i'm like that's so fucking cool you know that's so he's that's so inspiring yeah he's awesome (laughs) i hope the camera's on nikki right now i love him he makes me happy and shout out to chris again i love you if you are watching it is uh our one year anniversary of being married this weekend so uh that's pretty pretty exciting to reflect on you know the year went by quickly how did you guys meet well, um, Chris and I met back in, I think it was like 2008, 2009, um, and we met through a mutual friend. Um, Chris is from 757, uh, from Chesapeake, uh, Virginia. Awesome right? at One Love Massive, superstars rolling through and whatnot. Yeah, you never know what you're gonna get. You know. <laughs> so, um, he, Chris is from Seven Five Seven, and uh, he went to high school with this other cat, and I became friends with that person because they moved up here to D.C. So then Chris eventually moved to D.C. and we met through that friend. And um, we were both dating other people uh. at the time, um, but we became friends. We just had a lot in common and uh then then he moved actually and went to uh uh Vegas oh, to shit. do um he was a a TV newscaster for one of the news uh channels there like a camera guy for right, for right. a uh, local news station um and uh and then he went on this cross country bicycle trip with his best friend and I didn't know he did that. That's super awesome. I wanted to do that. Yeah. I still want to do it. Yeah, I want to do it across Europe, story. though, but yeah. 
He has a great story. Um, but then, uh, you know, after the bike trip, he was uh, ready to come back to the East Coast. So I was like, you should totally come back to D.C. because I miss you and I think you're awesome. And he came back for a visit and then we basically just never split. That's so cute. We are cute. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Because I remember, I don't even know, like, how we became friends on Facebook. Me either. I have really have no idea how. Um, but we've been friends for quite some time on there. Yeah. And I remember, like, seeing your post when you were single, like, bitching about shitty dudes. Yes. Or just not shitty Street dudes. Street calling just and dating. dating. Yeah. I know. Oh, my God. I posted a meme earlier, and I was like, dating in 2018 be like. But, like, Loki, I was crying when I posted it because <laughs> it's so fucking real. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude. Uh. Uh. What is... What? <sighs> yeah, dating in D.C. Why, when did people become so heartless? That's I what know. I don't understand. Like, you know, I'm all for an Irish goodbye, but this ghosting culture is just fucking really hard. What's the heartless. ghosting culture? Where, like, they just, like, disappear. Oh. Just I'm disappear. A ghoster. You're a ghoster? What's up with that, Jay Mills? But, like, will you show, <laughs> like, the all in this and then ghost, or will there be, like, signs for, like, someone who's paying attention? Or are you just a straight up ghoster? Meh. Meh. I don't know. I think I don't. Which one of those nas was I supposed to interpret? I don't know. Um, I am taking care not to become the monster that hurt me. Yeah. Ah. However, I can't help it. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> and there she is. I'm gonna need more whiskey. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it because, like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, dating nowadays is different. I feel like, you know, men don't really court the way they used to. Um, Did you say court? Yeah, the, we missed the courting <laughs> phase. Yeah. Oh wow! Like, what do I owe you for real? If I decide that I no longer care for you as a suitor, why do you keep trying? It wouldn't be a ghost if you didn't keep calling. How many times is it going to take you to realize that you should just move on with your life? Why do I owe you anything? Really? Are you a job? Am I your job? How much do you expect from the place that you worked at? Who am I? Like, I think that people right now are really, really self-entitled and this closure that you seek is for what? What is the conversation that you want to have? You really want this person to tell you why they don't like you? What no. difference does it but make? No, no, no. But I feel like if you're just like, hey, man, I'm super busy. Like, I'm just not going to be around. Like, there's ways to be like... I'm out. I've tried that, and most people, then they start finding reasons. Oh, that's okay. I'm busy, too. I can wait. Oh, you know, da, 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 da. look, dog, I'm over you. <laughs> to put it bluntly. Fuck you. You know, I found you mildly entertaining, and now <laughs> I found somebody who entertains me more. Hey, you were cool and all, but I like this guy now. And that's like you really want to hear that? Like, what? Why? Why can't you just move on? Like that's that's what I don't understand. Because people are, you know, because 
because human decency, man. If you if you ex- <laughs> now like if you're just dating and fucking or whatever, but like I don't know, you know, people like people got ghosted no. all the time before cell phones and social media. The shit just happened. I think I've de- I've definitely ghosted on some people, and then I think some people have definitely ghosted on me. And then there's other times where I've been ghosted on. I was like, damn, you know, I didn't want to be ghosted on, and probably some dudes felt that way about me too you yeah, know I mean, it's but sometimes no one's no one's not guilty i've ghosted on people too yeah at this point once you, you start do dating you do. you've been alive for a couple decades you were living well before you I met this motherfucker like two and weeks you ago, actually. yo so. now there, there's somebody that <laughs> so actually <laughs> <laughs> like i'm i'm, I'm dealing right now it. i'm trying to figure out how to how to break up with people that you do not date that you're not even in a relationship with you know right in an effort it's to not rough. ghost um, but Again, it just is like a mental conundrum. Like, why do I have to? Who are you? Well, you know what it is. Really, you're somebody I call. Somebody I wrote your face a couple times. Oh like, my god! Come on, Jesus! Oh, get over it. That kind of friend. Oh wait, I thought you were talking about like a real friend. Oops, but like <laughs> a friend. A <laughs> uh, friend. See, I'm just not. You know, <laughs> I'm just not built that way. I'm not just hanging out on my first base. It's just like all. <laughs> nonchalant <laughs> shit you know what i'm saying like i'm gonna put some energy and effort into it i'm gonna I communicate put energy with and you. effort into writing oh never mind <laughs> different kind of energy and no. effort i don't know but you know i mean there's dip, there's levels to it i'm not saying every motherfucker on the planet deserves an explanation or whatever no but i just feel like so much like so often that we <clears throat> try to like portray ourselves as like what we think is what other people want and then once we get somebody like to really like us then we show who we really are and i'm over that shit i'm done with it like i'm i'm vulnerable i'm fucking emotional i'm a loving caring human being and i want something more in my life and if that makes me fucking lame for saying that then 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 guess what i'm fucking lame you know it doesn't though and <clears throat> see like i feel that way when I'm with my husband. Like I can really just be myself. Right. And prior to Chris, there's nobody that I ever really was with that I felt like I 100% could be myself. Well, it's a good thing you married him then. Huh? I know. <laughs> you know, because like I got my good days and I got my, my messy days and stuff. Just you like know? every and other human on the planet. Yeah. Like it's not realistic to think like, you exactly. know what I mean? And for like a lot of guys or people that you're trying to impress, like you don't want them to see those messier yeah. sides of you. And, and but like, too. Them too. They're not right. trying to be vulnerable or fucking appear to be yeah. weak. But like they have bad days too. Like, but it gets exhausting when you can't be really real it with is. someone. There just comes, at least I think, in a certain point in your life where you just want to be around a partner or friends or family where you can really, really just be you. Say some effed up shit, you know, and know that they're <laughs> still going to love you, you know, um, or do some messed up things. They're still going to love you or, you know, do the best things and they're going to want the best for you and encourage you and, you know, just be there for you on the ups and the downs. Those are the people that at the end of the day, like you really want there for you to get through life. Definitely. So definitely. definitely. I mean, I um I watched this. Uh, Oprah masterclass, and I can't remember the name of the woman that was on there, but she she had this message about um, recognizing the kind of love that you have to give, mm. 
And she used a comparison of cowboy hats, one gallon, two gallon, 10 gallon, huge, <laughs> you know, whatever. And if you're a person who has this big 10 gallon hat and you're dealing with somebody who just has a one gallon hat, you have all of this love to give, but you're not showing how deep that is. You're just eking it out and you're eking it out and they're eking it out and they're eking it out. And when you're finally like, okay, you know, I like this person. I'm ready to pour myself into them. Mm-hmm. You're trying to pour 10 gallons in a one gallon hat. And it ain't going to work. And it ain't going to work. But you would have known that. If you had just been yourself. If you had been yourself the whole time. But it's so vulnerable. And she was talking about how, um, I saw the follow-up, and it was this guy who said, I took your advice. I showed this person who I was. I told this girl that I loved her, and I wanted to be with her for the rest of my life. And she said, I don't feel the same way. And we broke up. And you gave me the wrong advice. because." But she didn't because she doesn't love him, and so it's yeah. better for him to know that sooner. Yeah, so in oh, watching that, I was just like, yo, I got to be me. And I have a whole lot of love to give. I'm a very loving person. I have a lot of attention to give. I cannot play myself cheap or act like I don't care when I really, really do care a lot, a whole fucking lot. Like, you're going to get this work, and it's either going to be too much, and you're going to fall back, and that's cool. Like, please, please. Please say I do too much. I call too much. I laugh too much. You know, say that you like this mills and not that mills. And nah, man, ain't no fronts. <laughs> no fronts. You'll get 100% of me. I'm not going to hold back on my goodness. You know, I got weed. I'll smoke you out, whatever. Like, I got to see how you can, if you can handle all of me. And thus far, it's worked. I see in being myself who becomes uncomfortable, who can't take the way I love, who does not like my love language. And I stopped being frustrated and started being happy and really like paying attention to to who how people are responding to me, you know? So it doesn't have to take so so long. I'm not afraid to just be myself, my mm-hmm. whole self. And I pour this love into my friendships. That's the other thing, like just in female, male, like my friendships, I want to cook for you. You know, I I just I think that people kind of reserve this love um, for just their significant other. And it's more than just sex being in a relationship. You know what I mean? It's just being there for somebody, talking to them, you know, so. I just enjoy just pouring that love and getting in touch with that love and breaking that attachment so I don't feel like, oh, well, I only cook for a boyfriend. Not cook for my girlfriends. I cook for my friends. I cook. I love to cook for people I love. If I love you, I will cook for you. You know, just giving that love. I love to hug. I'm going to hug my friends. I like to go out drinking. I'm going to drink with my friends. Shout out to this bottle on the table. You know? You know, and the J we smoking, I don't have to be in a relationship to give this love and to speak this love language. And it allows me to not be afraid of being vulnerable because at the end of the day, that makes me super strong. Yeah. Yeah, I read this book um, called The Five Love Languages. Actually, have y'all heard of it? No. So I think... Maybe you should send it to me because your five eyes of... 
<laughs> feedback. Figuring shit out is fucking awesome. They're magical. <laughs> I know. Man. So there's this uh, guy who I forget his name, but he's been like a um, a relationship counselor for like I don't know twenty or thirty years, and he does seminars and has written books and whatnot. Like huge following. And, and I'm the worst because I can't remember his name. But um, the book is called um, The Five Love Languages. Um, and basically, it's about how, kind of like what Jay was saying with the Oprah Masterclass and the different buckets. But um, people from the time they are kids or whatever, like, develop um, a, a particular one or two, like, stronger love languages than the others and that's how they communicate their love mm. and or like to receive love as well so <clears throat> one of the love languages is um and this this is just his theory about how people show love so one is um um gift giving for example um and and some people love to give gifts some people love to receive gifts um, um, whereas a person like myself, I like to give gifts, but like, I, I don't care that much about gifts. Um, I care more about, um, which is another love language, um, physical affection, yeah. which isn't just, um, about <laughs> sex. Um, yeah. it's, it's about it's so intimacy, yeah, holding yeah. hands, Touching hugging, all, kissing, yeah. you know, just being close. Like that's really important to me. Um, so that's another love language. Um, third love language, um, affirmations. Mm. Some people, um, really feel loved and valued when their partner, um, affirms them and what they're doing and gives like positive encouragement and, and feedback on their life or their projects or work, whatever it is they're doing. That's how they feel loved. Um, another is, uh, fourth language is acts of service. Um, you know, so, uh, for example, my husband, he, one of the ways that he shows his love is by consistently taking the trash out for me. That's a big one. Even though he doesn't like to do it, but he knows I hate doing it. So like he'll take care of it. He does that for me, you know? Yeah. Those are Um, huge things. Yeah. Acts of service. You know what you're actually doing for, um, the individual and there's a fifth love language and why am i drawing a blank um is it of affirmation binge drinking <laughs> it is not binge <laughs> drinking words of affirmation did you say that already? i said that already that was the th- uh third one let me look it up um five love languages and find this author's name well you know it's funny <laughs> because i feel like i feel like i am a affectionate like you know gary chapman Go ahead, Gary Chapman. Yes. I feel like I'm an affectionate, like, love-filled person, but then, like, I, I, I'm I, not able to actually express that. You know? And so mine is acts of service. Yeah. See? And so... So I'm not great at communicating shit or, like... Like, even when I was a kid, I remember... So I'm the youngest of four. And, like, I don't, I don't remember much from being a kid, you know? Probably blocked a lot of it out, <laughs> but... Uh, I remember, like, when my parents, uh, and it's like a big family joke, they would say, uh, you know, kiss your brothers, hug and kiss your brothers goodnight. And I would uh, reach out my hand and I would say, pleasure doing business <laughs> with you. And I think the first time I did that was like four, so I don't even know where I got it from. 
but like it's just ingrained in me. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. like it's just like, but I am an incredibly affectionate person, but it just has to be like in a different way. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so I resonate with those things because yeah. acts of service is definitely like how I show love to like all the people around me. You know, more so than always being able to like communicate that. And then the the last one I found it um, love language is quality time. So like yes. how you spend time together and what you what you do there. So like what you were saying, for example, like if you Molly are um, someone who um, loves to uh, give words of affirmation and positively encourage people and receive that back, but you're dating someone who is more of like a gift giver. Um, you might like receiving gifts, but like you may never feel like you can fully right. open up or get the kind of love that you need because they're not speaking your love language. Oh. And so communication is like so key and just being self-aware, right? Yeah. Um, so you can actually communicate to your friends, your family, your lovers, like what you need to actually feel full. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I um I definitely understand. I I think that another thing with the love languages and understanding, you know, what language you speak, what language you don't, what language may be a trigger, depending on past relationships, pe- persons who acted in a certain way and spoke heavily in a particular love language. If that language, if if that relationship was uh, toxic, you can look at that language in a toxic way. So speaking True. personally, you know, as you ran down them, I was thinking about certain things that I do. Um, the gift giving one is a trigger for me. Mm. It's hard to accept the gifts or to see me that too. as love. It almost makes me reject it. Me it but I know that that's a trigger, you mm-hmm. know, because of people who tried to pay for my love, but not really. They weren't paying for my love. It's like they were paying for my body. Mm-hmm. I think that they yeah. want my love because of the gifts that they're giving. But but in all actuality, they just feel like they've paid to have my body. Yeah. And they really don't want me. So mm-hmm. while I love to give gifts, I love to give gifts. I do not like to receive them. That's not my love language. I'm not going to say like, oh, you know, don't buy me anything. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah. That is not the way to show me <laughs> that right. you care. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's kind of like, a, oh, thanks. That's interesting because I feel yeah. the same way, but not for the same reasons. But I definitely am not a good gift recipient or like. Uh, yeah. And, it's, and words of like affirmation also kind of make me nervous because it feels like, again, trigger people who say what they think I want them to hear. Mm. And they're buttering me up and they're Mm. selling me dreams and they make me think that they feel this kind of way when in all actuality, they're a charlatan. (laughs) It was a sham. It was all a fiasco. This is DC. So you You never know what people's motives are. They just just gas women up and call them beautiful and just say all these different things. So, yeah, that's definitely not my love language either. Yeah. So, you know, and it's interesting because, like, I have a person that's, like, intrinsically close to me throughout my entire life that is not a male who is either gassing me all the way up, telling me I'm going to be a household name and the best thing ever, you know, or 
going for my jugular. Jeez. Like there's no in between with this person. Mm. It's not a male, so it's not it's not that energy, but it's the same. You know what I mean? Love language. And so I have a really hard time with that as well because it's like people that like, you know, give yeah. me a bunch of compliments or, you know, I'm just like, and it's not even that I like Im- immediately like associate. It's just like, it's just hella uncomfortable. Yeah. Because well, yeah. it's like I'm waiting for the fall. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know me. You know what I mean? Spend a lot of time with me. Work it. Work two 14-hour days in a row with me and then tell me how you feel and I'll believe you. You know what I mean? But, like, uh, yeah, that's a, it's interesting. Well, you know, what works really well is the four eyes of feedback. I, <laughs> <laughs> I really need to write those down because I tried to do that one time. Stack <laughs> or something. And I couldn't remember all of them, and I tried to Google it, and <laughs> yours are unique, girl. Nope. Oh, you are yeah. killing it with your four this eyes. I need those. They're very good. This is some very special organizer wisdom. We got some dope people in the in the chat room. Oh, I shit. just scrolled up, man. Oh, hey, shit. hey. Say man. What's up to them. Shout out yeah. to all the followers. <laughs> Shout outs to Mina, Artemis, oh, Chioma, hey, hey. JR Moore, Lee Lindsay. Maurice Skip Harvey oh, shit. gave you a shout out. Molly with the hands up. Oh. Kenneth Darcy Toyer, Toyer. Ray Thompson said that if he Ray, sees Ray. somebody Ray, Ray. in that fake ass DC shirt, they're Ray, getting Ray. punched in the <laughs> fucking face. That's Ray Ray for that's, real. That's Ray. Ray Ray is like my T Street family. What's Ray up, Ray Ray? That, hey. said Molly Wop, what up? Hey. And we got Nadria Foster. Oh, man. All right. So, shout outs to Krista. Man. Thank you, everyone, you know for tuning in. You know what? Baby, we just need to do more episodes with just us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, Yo, we're awesome. We are awesome. I'm a special guest. This but I'm just <laughs> your special guest. Every time. You're a special guest with a special guest. I know. Oh, we shit. got double guests yes. here. We could bring the baby on the podcast. I just can't smoke weed anymore. <laughs> what? But I can drink around the baby, right? Yeah, I don't know how that would yeah, no. look so much. <laughs> no. For another show topic. But um, yes, we should definitely Nina. do more uh, Eminem shows, just the three of us. This is a good conversation, yeah. you know? We can well, y- so a lot see of people we're going deep today. Well, you know what? Because I think. There you go again. It's the <laughs> eyes. She may not have the voice, but she has Nina eyes. <laughs> Yes! Oh my god. I've got something. She's got, got the eyes. Nina. Oh my. They got it got, got sultry. <laughs> she gives a smoldering look. I mean, so we were reflecting earlier about how it's been like almost a year or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know, but we we recorded like four or five episodes before we even like yeah. let any of those out. Yeah. And then we recorded a bunch of audio. Yeah. And we spent a lot of time sitting around a table together talking. About life and D.C. and Which is the what nation. made this show so special in the first yeah, place. I know. Shout out to us. Yes. <laughs> Humble moment. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what's up. You know, f- four eyes of feedback. Mm-hmm. I think, let's go over them again. Yeah. This is a major yeah. wisdom nugget yes. right here. Wisdom nugget. Okay? Make it really big, Nick, over our heads. Not in the corner, <laughs> not on the side. Make it super big above our heads. Wisdom nugget. nugget. So so here's here's the thing about the wisdom nuggets. What's up, Jesus, you know, by the way? 
Jesus, right there. Jesus, what's up, man? So yeah. always a full house here at One Love Massive. So with the four eyes of feedback, before we talked about on the show is like when you have a confrontation and you need to give feedback. You can yes. use the four eyes of feedback for some love stuff too. Oh, you know, shit, or I positive never thought about things. That. I need these written down. Yeah, like, absolutely. On my hand. Can we just tattoo them on my <laughs> hand so I can be like. Check yourself. So it's just a good uh, a communication tool to use and check yourself, like before you go into before you wreck yourself. Yes, before you wreck yourself, um, or before you know you need to you need to communicate something that like you feel insecure about or kind of awkward about. You know what I mean? It's just a good um, way to prep yourself before you go into conversation. So the which who does that? You know what I mean? What um, a thing! I you do, do that. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So the first I is intent. That is for you to assess what your intent is with the conversation. What is it, you know, that you're trying to get across that you either want to communicate concretely or that a feeling you want to communicate Just overall, what's your intent with even having the conversation, um, kind of steer yourself, right? Intent. Intent. The first one is intent. 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 Can you make a rap about that? Intent. I'm going to try. I-N-T-E-N-T. You better check your intent. Please. Please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we decided. So fly right now. Real quick, we decided we're going to start making records. We like, did? When did we <clears throat> decide that? Well, because. Like the three of us who. Well, not me. Okay. <laughs> who's who like, we? Who's we? Ladies, like the one love massive. Yes, we have this whole studio. We built this thing. We could do I anything. No, you like, really can. You could, you could perform with your favorite go-go band, and we could make like a three-track EP. I'm just saying, man. Records. So Records. this is the intent. Records. This Records. is the intent of Records. one love massive. This is an intent. You've checked in with yourself and your yes. people. See, now we're going <laughs> extra because, like, four eyes of feedback with multiple people. What? First <laughs> what? Intent. Okay. Second eye is incident. So you want to describe like a con. If it's if it's something that's you know uh, um, a problem, you know that causes you know an incident that caused a problem like i need to write this then down. you want to you want to describe okay. we need to make a we need to make like you know like the incident. four agreements and shit and there's like yeah. a handy we need a mm -hmm. we need a visual doc i will help make it i will make it we incident. can do that we need a, but okay intent intent incident dustin incident. is uh digging the new studio set up do you like it i love it thank you i'm i'm happy that they like it. it's like thank you for tuning in to past episodes yeah first dustin. of all and other joints to peep the difference and the growth, you know. Shout out to everybody. So maybe I should just like rewind the conversation before. Wait, the show. what? I'm just saying. So we're talking about the four eyes of feedback, yeah. and the second one is incident. So you just want to describe factually what had happened, whether it's good <laughs> or, or or bad. You know, actually what happened, and it's really important when I say the word factually what happened because a lot of times, like when we describe things that happened or that are real to us, they are not real necessarily to other people. Mm -hmm. So it's you know to try to describe things as objectively as mm -hmm. possible. And then the third eye is what was the impact, impact of that incident, you know? So impact. 
impact? You know, the impact on you or maybe on the other person, you know, and a lot of times the impact of, of something that happens between people is not always um, intentional. You know, people don't all the time do things maliciously, but things end up hurting or feel overwhelming or whatever it is, you know. So um, to give to to have the open up the space to talk about what the overall impact was. And then the last and final I is invent so what is the way that we are going to move forward that makes both of us comfortable and feel loved or valued respected or whatever i like that invent because it implies new new way or clearer way Mm -hmm. you know a better way where did you get these four eyes of feedback from you can't get this just from anywhere. This <laughs> is this is from years of organizing and organizational management. I mean, I love training. it. I love it. This is real. I really wish that like right now, One Love made enough money that I could just hire you to <laughs> do all of that. Build some organizational culture infrastructure some team building that's what i do man some nonprofit shit that actually fucking mattered and you shit. know actually that's what i'm doing right now so this checking we're still checking in yeah I guess, like on how our oh, week was yeah we, you know we totally did not even get around the table completely well, i did think we? we did fully yeah i think you're having a high moment <laughs> 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 I don't know what you're talking about. But um, I'm working for the Heal Food Alliance right now. It's a new national organization that works on food justice, in particular uh, transformation of corporate food and farm systems. And um, it's a new organization. It's only been around really for like a year and a half. So Ooh. we are in the infrastructure development yeah. phase, like literally you're earlier super today. Helpful there. You I'm have to super be. helpful. I was like typing up processes for, <laughs> you know, steering uh committee elections and nomination forms and membership application forms and you know um helping develop membership newsletters and calling people and having one-on-ones to learn about their infrastructure their capacity their interests how we can overlap and better work together that's the kind of stuff that i'm good at and i enjoy I enjoy doing so. Um, you are really good at that for sure, man. And you know, while to most people that might sound like boring, boring things, but <laughs> oh my god, processes are the only things I that know. keep companies together. I know, <laughs> and and so you can have all these hopes and dreams and shit, and if you don't have a fucking process, you're just then yelling at a bunch of people all fucking day Crazy. about shit you don't even know about I yourself. Know. Important. Oh my god! <coughs> I was just manuals? talking about that with yeah. a, with a friend of mine, and just like, um, That's you know, just looking forward at at business sectors and the macroeconomics of how careers are are moving in the different ways than they did before, but c- not quite because honestly, it's like a really full cyclical cycle of humanity that we're at right now in the in the scope of civilization and. By that I mean the expansion of our merchant class. And talk merch- about merchant it. Merchant class? What is merchant class? Entrepreneurs. Hold up. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> oh man this is like such a deep other tangent on like some really dream stuff shout out to the people that are in the room right here so let me try and fast forward through this and make it really really yeah, succinct so basically life. there's like you know a pattern of humanity that just always happens period you know you have people that move to a space a new place they just came they're like ah, oh, we're gonna set up a new place and that's like a village or something right and for the first hundred years uh it is this village and then it becomes something different. It becomes like a kingdom. There's a lot of unrest and stuff in the first hundred years, but then from like one to 400 is the formation of the kingdom. But then at the four to 500 year mark of any civilization, there comes a split where you have the kingdom, the serfdom and the merchant class. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You're either of the Royal class or you know, maybe you have a government job, you know, maybe you're you're in there. We have the our government is like the kingdom of America. And we have we're at this point in time. Just this is just what happens with countries where people outgrow the kingdom. So you have mm-hmm. those who can live within the walls and get all of the benefits that you get from being within this place. And then those that live outside of it. And it's rough. Outside the kingdom. (laughs) It's really rough outside the kingdom. And the only way out, if you are outside the kingdom, is to be within the merchant class. And Mm. the merchant class was a dope class. They traveled the world. You know, they were very free because they came up with their own wealth. And it was very expansive. You have a lot of different places that, you know, came into prominence because of their merchant class, because of what was made in that country and or that part of that country and that in that town or whatever you know so that being said <clears throat> we're seeing the development of our merchant class and that that shift happening in our economy truthfully with the super rich the super poor and those who randomly make that something that launches them into this merchant class or maybe you're viral right. you know maybe you know you, An you app or you know, exactly that's something where right. else and you come up with stupid money super fast that just mm-hmm. but that's the thing and like with america our commodity is us it's the american culture it's this podcast that we're on right now it's whatever product or song or clothing item like we have this rare opportunity to really achieve greatness with our merchant class but um but not if you don't put the infrastructure and systems in place ergo those the business so what's unfortunate in capitalism i guess and just economics period is the way business is done is that the person who is in control of the product or service is rarely the person in control of the business rarely 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 like never what do you mean what do you mean how many chefs own a restaurant facts okay how many doctors (laughs) run the hospital how many teachers are the superintendents of the school board we can run it in any category of any industry the person who owns that business majored in business right right oh you make cars you design cars do you actually own that joint or you just hired for that oh you do you design houses oh that's cool you're architect but do you own 
mm-hmm. that company? No. So, so do you, I feel like, okay, so I went to Costa Rica recently, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to, I want to end up there because I feel like, you know, I need to be someplace warm where I cannot be in a lot of pain. <laughs> and I'm not trying to live in the fucking South. Real okay? talk. <laughs> so like, that's really what it is. Yeah. And so, but I don't want to go someplace and colonize, right? Like we had, like I went with my, my good friend Pooja, she's Indian. And the whole time we were talking about like, when you, when, when, why are they expats <laughs> when it's white people, but it's immigrants for everyone else? Like why, why, if I go to Costa Rica and retire, am I considered an expat? No, I'm an immigrant. I'm an immigrant. I'm not from there, you know? And so like, how do you, how do you reconcile like going someplace that you're not from, right? Mm-hmm. And making sure that you like don't take away, that you only like bring, you know? And how do you do that? It's by like making people co-owners a company, you know? Like if you build a hotel, make sure there's housing for the people that work there and then they're also like co-owner. Like how how, you know, like <clears throat> like we can identify all the problems, but like you, so wait, how do you fix it? How do you how do you fix it? You know what I mean? Like how do you move forward? Like like you were saying, like giving people equal ownership, like, you know, who's working for who? Like, you know what I mean? Does that person creating it? You saying how, how do, do you, we how do you, how you, do you fix, fix capitalism? Yeah. I hear you. I know that's a really <laughs> big question to just like make out on a Tuesday night. But I'm just saying, given that's an opportunity loaded question. But given an opportunity <laughs> to go someplace, right? Oh, and Costa Rica is a great example. It's it's so much protected land that it's just like untouched and beautiful. Hey Zeus, I found <laughs> the keys. I had them the whole time. Do you want them right now? By the way. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, I kind of like this open format, though, because it leads itself to, like, some fun stuff. Yeah. All right. So. or And that. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Uh, well, just to clarify, because I feel like you're talking about two different things. You're talking okay. about um, ownership of businesses. Right. And shifting capitalism. And then. You're talking about how to not be a colonizer when you're well, a yeah. new person. Okay, but let's just, oh yeah, no, it is two totally different things. Okay. So let's just talk about like just pretend blank slate. Like how do we fix the problems that we're in? Like how do we fix the fact that like the doctors don't own the hospitals? Right? Like, there how are do we a lot of cooperatively owned models that are out there, but it's really hard. Um it's it's hard, you know, to do business in any form, you know. So doing something cooperatively also presents challenges because it's a different um, decision-making structure and model than a typical hierarchical right. structure. So it's something that people have to get used to and accustomed to. But there are cooperatively owned businesses, yeah. restaurants, bakeries, housing, um, Isn't UPS on some level kind of that way? I don't know about UPS, but because I know like if you work for UPS, you have like oh, stock ownership in the company or like something. Yeah. That's that's <coughs> a little different stock ownership. Well, no, no, I don't I, I don't want to say that's what it is. I just know that like people who work there like build. There's a level of ownership, and I do yeah. know also at UPS like even the top execs. And I don't think it's every year, but it's every however many years have to like drive the truck for a week, yeah, so that no one ever loses touch with like how shit Reality. really is. Because like maybe you drove a truck <laughs> yeah. in seventies or eighties or nineties, yeah. 
but you haven't in 20 years, so you have no fucking idea what it's like to drive mm. a truck, and right? And so I've always respected that about that company, but I feel like... Uh, I like that, too. But I, but that's, like, very, you know... It's rare, you know? Uneducated. I don't even know if all that's true. I mean, real talk, but... Were you going to say something, Jay? Because I felt like I cut you off, so I wanted to give you a chance. But if not, I'll proceed. Proceed! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I think that, um, first of all, there are a lot of different cooperatively owned business models that are around the world. Yeah. Um, and there certainly are a lot here in the United States, but, like, they just don't get the, the play. Like who? You know? Um, they, well, when I worked at Rock, for example. Okay, um, which stands for? The Restaurant Opportunity Center. Um, <coughs> check out rockunited.org to learn more about that organization. But um, they're looking for high road employers across the country that offer living wages, um, opportunities for mobility up the hiring scale, um, that give paid sick days, et cetera, to restaurant workers. Um, and some of the restaurants that they found... Um, that offer those things were cooperatively owned. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's a difference in... And not all of them that were high-road employees were cooperatively owned. There were some, certainly, that had tradition, more traditional models that just offered more opportunities than others. Um, but a couple of them were co-ops. Um, and I forget the name, but you can... Look up Rock United High Road Restaurants and see, you know, a list of of uh, of examples there. But I think the difference is, and actually Rock United themselves are attempting to start uh, different cooperatively owned restaurants for and by mm. restaurant workers. Um, but it's it has been a struggle. Um, I think operating any kind of business uh, is a struggle, obviously. Definitely. But one of the reasons that um, co cooperatives can work um, is because of that sense of collective ownership. Yeah. Um, and like an equal, you're making an equal... Uh, uh, share of the restaurant yeah. so the the or the business's success is not just dependent it's dependent on everyone, everyone. And like you yeah. own yeah. that i feel like that's um, the goal i mean but the difference often is though like at a cooperative because you're collectively making decisions and everyone wants to have a living wage everyone wants to make sure right. you know that they're covered with health insurance like yeah. it's a different or whatever it is it's a different kind of orientation than one person or a corporation right. that owns a business that can afford on their level to make sure that the managers or whatever get those things but then they're disconnected from what everyone else is doing right. that actually runs the business, as you're saying. Um, uh, but so at least in the restaurant industry, because I worked 17 years in that industry yeah. as well, I know oftentimes in just talking about s successful infrastructure and making sure a business runs well, a lot of times uh, restaurateurs, one are not people that have worked, you know, for 20 years in the restaurant industry. Sometimes it's people that 
have some wealth and they have a really cool idea. Right. So Decide they want to start it up it. and then they hire other people to like manifest that for them. But they don't have the actual experience of working in a restaurant to understand the chaotic dynamics to like think those through strategically and put those processes in place. Um, so that ends up being... Uh, and you know what? Then there's people who have worked in the restaurant industry forever, but then infrastructure development or financial management isn't their particular strength, you know. Um, and and it's oftentimes hard for like one person to have all of the different strengths that are necessary to run something successful. You need to have people sure. that you can trust um, around you helping make decisions. Like every but time. Do you watch like um, Bar Rescue? Yeah. So, you know, that I guess that's the loop around with what you were saying with business processes and what I was talking about with the merchant class and all these different companies and all these different businesses that are arising. We see, you know, all these different shows where you have this expert that comes in and basically puts the team through a very intensive reevaluation, yeah. team building, reconstruction, you know, just total revamp and allows their brand to to fast forward yeah. you know so um that's what i was getting so. into with people who are not business people you mm -hmm. did not go to school for business while you were perfecting that craft perfecting that service or doing that job somebody else was learning just business right Coal business, mm. nothing but accounting and finance right. and, and how to do opportunity that. costs and how to write business plans and balance sheets and but that cash stuff flows. And that's it. That's all they did. They he, didn't come up with the creative business itself. They didn't work on being yeah. anything other well, it takes than all a master of business X, yeah. product Y, to yeah. the point where it doesn't matter what you what business it is. I know how to operate a business. You Shout know how to, to create a business process. And that skill in and of itself is something that really needs to be brought to the community. All these people who yeah. are starting businesses, as you have persons who, in the beginning, that's how it is. I have a great service. I make cakes. I, I design clothes. I do X, Y, Z. And I want to sell it. And they're making tons of mistakes oftentimes as they build their business and they make it really successful their art may be dope as fuck they may be a great artist and they're selling hella cds or getting thousands of downloads and they got all these followers but you don't know shit about business, business. though yeah so, I mean, yeah, it, it takes all of those different elements to make yeah. a successful operation run um you know, someone that is an expert in business but hasn't done actual work on the ground is going to have a different perspective and orientation from someone that's been yeah. through the reality of it. So it, I think it takes all those different elements. But then also, you know, I, I, I know that like at business school, not at all of them, but I think the kind of dominant narrative is how to do business in capitalism, right? How you operate and like perpetuate like a hierarchical kind of system. I don't think that at the best business schools, they're teaching people, this is how you set up business for a cooperatively owned no. vision. Well, they definitely know? do that. Yes, very Some, much so. Shout out but to I don't Howard. think it's whoop, the dominant. Whoop, whoop, school of B, because that's all I could talk about. Whoop, whoop. That's school of B, which is the best because Howard is the best. In spite of what you may have recently heard, 
called yeah. the misappropriation <laughs> of funds. The institution. They're not that alone, though. Howard Lots of other universities. That is true. Problems. Has always and will always be the Mecca. But they teach about cooperative economics at the Howard Business School, you're saying? Yes. I mean, but, you know, economics in and of itself is a doozy. And I think that with capital, cap, um, capitalism, the concept of free lunch and what that means is, is necessary to understand. Um, word to Anne Rand and Atlas Shrugged, another book that is necessary to understand capitalism and its justification for itself. Some call it the bootstrap mentality or whatever that with all of these tools available, if you could be a billionaire, then if you're not, if you're homeless, if you're not, if you don't have a job, that's your fault. And we owe you nothing. And culturally speaking, that is unnatural to me. Yeah, I'm like, I don't get down with that. You know, <laughs> like all. the next step is socialism. But socialism came with blood. There's not a country that's socialist that didn't have a very bloody revolution. We're to the French Revolution. I don't think there's um, any kind of government form that didn't come without blood. Yeah. And in France, you know, if you're making over, um, I feel like it's 1.73 million euros, they tax you at over 70%. 70 yeah, it used to well, be like that in the United States. Well, no, here, even here. In the, you were rich. In the FDR days, oh. this is a long time ago. Oh, well, that makes right, sense. Right now. That's what paid for the New Deal. Yes. But they wasn't having that. And then the rich started, you know, that's what mm -hmm. creates offshore bank accounts and, you know, people yeah. doing shady stuff with the money because they don't want to pay for this American tax rate. But the ideal that 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 founded this, that allowed for socialism even to rise, is this idea that, you know, this is the bottom line that everybody should live at. And period. Like, yeah, well, everybody deserves a place to live. No one should be homeless. Yeah, man. Uh, we didn't call our, it our guest that was here that when, that when you weren't here and she was from really one DC. Yes. Mm -hmm. Everybody deserves Yasmina, free health care. Yes. Everybody. Yes. yes. You know, finding out Queen, about other yes. countries where this happens, you know, like they make it seem like it's so foreign and it's going to bank. No, it won't. Yeah. And you don't even have to do 70%. Yeah. But the fact that you are allowing people who make over um, that same amount of money get taxed less than yeah. somebody who's making a third of that amount of money right. yeah. is crazy. You should not be taxing somebody who's making six figures less than someone who's making seven. Yeah. To me, that's simple mathematics. So this is, this is something that I'm glad you brought it up because, um, and I don't, I need, we need to do the research so we can follow up on this on a follow, another show. But I know years ago, and this is an ongoing debate and battle in Washington, D.C., but um, people are always trying to redo what the tax brackets are here in the district. Mm -hmm. I know um, like five years ago <clears throat> when I was up on this, um, it you know, if you made $40,000, you were being taxed the same as people in the $200,000 um, bracket. And really? Yeah, crazy. yeah. And so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It just mm. doesn't make sense um, because of the actual cost of living. You know, it's very hard to get by as a single person, um, let alone family, 
on $40,000 with what the cost of housing, transportation, child care, food, gas, um, insurance, health, you know, yeah. um, utilities. It's, it's hard to make it by it um, on that. And so um, there's uh, city services movement. that need beefing up that can, you know, help the, the city get by faster and better and more efficiently. But we're always cutting away from those services that enable people to flourish and get on their feet a little bit better yes. because we don't want to increase the taxes on the wealthiest people here in the district. So well, what we should do is voluntary socialism. And I wish I was running for something more because <laughs> that would be my platform. This is a step. Hey. hey, but my definition of voluntary socialism is understanding how the system works for taxes. And if you have a lot of money, make it work for yourself. We have tax deductible donations. Be like all these rich people. Give millions to a tax deductible charity and get your money back if right. you give and give to, to what you they're know. gonna take you get that back and it's like you didn't pay taxes at all you know wash that money out and Just if go you, ahead and give back and you actually get it back like it's so simple man. and our government is set up to allow you to do that so exactly. if we had more people who were just like yeah, yeah i'm gonna give this money instead of trying to find tax shelters and you know make these shell companies right. so that you claim a loss so you're not really making and having a tax at the tax it's greed you know, man it's greed and and yeah the way these business and our then, taxes are set up businesses can cheat the system too and, and, and and, and more people need to form nonprofits and form the organizations that yes. can take those donations, and the people with the money need right. to fund the people. Yes, who are we doing need to make it. So Just fucking make it. Nonprofits, and then they can get the tax right. Word off to the grants that. that you've gotten. Like yeah. people really don't know or what's like, out there. If you example. just do it, build it. Ask for it and get it. You no, know, great example. The Funk Parade. Funk Parade is a nonprofit organization. You know, Chuck mm -hmm. Levins recently said, hey, we'll match any donation that comes through because at the end of the day, yeah, not the Funk Parade is a nonprofit organization. And so for them, it's a great tax write off and they really give a shit about the Funk Parade yeah. and everything it represents. It's a win win for everybody. That's a perfect example of like. The game exists, you know what I mean? Yeah. Play it like and if you you know, there's so many people with great ideas who don't even have the money to form a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody with that money, yeah, help people form nonprofits in the areas that need it cuz business city, development, business yes. process development, yes. all of these things yes. that is the wave yes. because we are entering the merchant class, the merchant phase of 100%. civilization and the help is needed. And give it to the people that yeah. can do the most with it. I want to give a shout out to, um, and I know I've given them a shout out on the show before, but I want to give a shout out this week to Jews United for Justice. And you can check out their website at jufj.org. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm shouting them out is because they're doing a free organizing class for people. Word. And so... Um, hey. Organizing skills are translatable to starting a nonprofit, to starting a business. It doesn't matter. Um, the kind of skills that um, this organization or other organizations even teach, basic organizing skills, you know, you'll learn how to um, make a pitch in a minute. You know, like I call it a 10 and 60. 
Yeah. What? Who am I? What am I doing? Elevator. How pitch, does it yeah. exactly the elevator pitch and and explain your vision in a sound bite so that it's captivating. Yeah. Um, skills like learning how to have a one on one with a person with a clear intent and goals and a clear ask. Um, getting comfortable with asking for money. Um, learning how to put together a strategic plan for a campaign or or a project and then actually the steps how to get there these are skills for business you know as well as for nonprofit building um i would say you know you don't need um a lot of money to start a nonprofit. what you do need though is the ability to ask people for yeah. money and you yeah. need the ability to write you need mm -hmm. to be yeah. able to write down what you're doing and write that down and make make an ask write yeah. a grant for a foundation you know yeah. um so um uh, again, those are those are basic skills that help set up long lasting infrastructure, um, getting things clear and on paper um, and having a, a team of people that will believe in your vision, have some kind of ownership in it, whether exactly. it's um, monetary or in kind or sweat equity, people that believe in what you're doing Something. that will help you manifest that. Um, and then, yeah, you need to write it down and have your processes in place so that you can start plugging other people into it yeah. um, so that you can continue pitching it to other people and just keep growing it. Um, so, yeah, I want to give a shout out to JOFJ. Check out their website. Look for their free organizing training if, if you're interested to get started. Um, and to lots of other groups that do uh, training and help people launch their dreams Indeed. as well. That's awesome. So this was a great. Did we do? Is that our business shout out? That was, that, a, was that a great episode. Those I mean, are our really business shout out. It. Well, we want to shout out also, also because this is a clearly a weed loving show. The National hmm. Cannabis Festival, hey. yes, coming up uh, four twenty one. Twenty one is going down. We are here. We are in April. Yes. April is the month of Earth Day. Four twenty. Yes. You know what it is. 421. It is the third annual edition of yes. the National Cannabis Festival. I am so excited to be a part of this Are you judging cannabis? cannabis? Yes, I am judging the fuck out hey. of cannabis. Um, I'm one of the judges of the Canatank. I'm really excited oh, about that. Oh, that's so awesome. I didn't know um, that. I'm also going to be representing in the wellness booth. Fuck yeah. Um, we're going to have fresh fruit and in use water i'll be representing with the green life also elevation bnb that's elevation dash bnb dot com elevation has private residences that are 420 friendly for all of the cannabis connoisseurs out there make sure you check us out um shout out to being a dc resident you know where all this stuff is legal take hey. advantage of it man get used to it you are here in the Diamond District, man, District yes. of Cannabis. National <laughs> Cannabis Festival. It's a national cannabis festival dot com. Yeah. You can see the lineup. It's a dope lineup in addition yes, to great Hill, local vendors. Backyard band. Yep. CI. You can party with backyard. So yeah. Yes. And you know what? <clears throat> Special shout out. That's why Risa Renee was in the building earlier because National Cannabis Festival had a meeting upstairs. Caroline. Oh, what's up? Oh, shout Caroline out. was here. Hey. It's awesome. Shout out to and you know what? The Caroline Phillips. So the most important what? what the most important <laughs> thing is there are only two independently owned 
music festivals in Washington, D.C. And that is? The Funk Parade. Even though it's a parade, but they view themselves more of a festival. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the National Cannabis Festival. Whoop, whoop. Every single other festival. That's not true. I mean, there's like... uh, Oh, I can't remember th- the name of it, but it's like uh, LG, you know, everything, super f- women, f- pro, f- the honey, something. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry that I'm not remembering this. But they, there's smaller things. But as far as, like, somebody booking national acts and booking RFK, like, you know, Broccoli City, Trilectro, like, all the, you know, all things go. Like, those, none of those are independently known. Those are all bought at some point by Live Nation or one of their mm-hmm. subsidiaries. National Cannabis Cannabis Festival is the one of two only independently owned and operated music festivals in the District of Columbia. Number one. Number one plus (laughs) is that it's a weed-friendly, like, non-prohibition, you know, very activated festival on government property, which means she's really going to bat the right way which means that you know you can't smoke there yes (laughs) but (laughs) but no she's advocating for cannabis this is about education there's education advocacy this is about the cannabis culture of dc exactly it is not just about smoking or anything like that it's about the fact that Cannabis is here and it's here to stay and we're in the nation's capital and we're going to celebrate it. And she's doing it the right way and the like right way. doing it the right way and putting Indeed. it all the bad to do it the right way. Yep. Yep. And booking backyard every year and booking like Cypress Hill and doing a great job of hiring local people all the way around. And it's a woman owned operation. It's basically her. She has a huge team. And awesome people who support her, but That's this great. is Caroline's baby. So I like, feel like people so are gonna dope. smoke there still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have to just, you know, <laughs> like disclaimer. You know what I'm saying? The yes. asterisk, but like, yeah, no. I'm National trying to see Cypress Hill though. Not, what? Come on, it's gonna be so, so many bad. great hits. NCI, I love a great CI show. You know, yeah. that's a DC there's culture a, for you right there's there. There's a poster right there on the wall. Yes, actually. yes. Okay. Well, excited. Um, mark your calendars. Check out nationalcannabisfestival.com and we will see you there. And, uh, you know, I want to give another plug for the uh, Dump Trump Dems for Action. Definitely check out our website. You can see all of the candidates up in their bios now so you know (laughs) who and what you're voting about. Um, Yep. And uh, that is uh, demsforaction.nationbuilder.com. And that's Dems, D-E-M-S-F-O-R for uh action a c t i o n and then there's that uh nationbuilder.com yeah we have a happy hour coming yes. up uh this monday at provision number 14 um it is open to the public uh we're going to be having some happy hour drink specials some some food and uh it'll be a chance for folks to 
mix and mingle with the candidates who are running for the Democratic State Committee on the Dump Trump slate, uh, as well as, you know, if you really want to get involved, we would love to have you involved. We need people to cover the polls, hand out yes. our literature on June 19th. Yeah. And we also need donations um, yes. because we got to pay to print materials <laughs> and pay designers and have happy hour events and bring people together. So Indeed. if you can't make it to the happy hour fundraiser this Monday at Provision 14, you can still donate to us at Dems for Action dot nationbuilder.com um five dollars matters ten dollars matters whatever you can give we will use every single penny um so i'm honored again to be running on the slate with you ladies and i encourage everyone to uh come out on monday and vote on june 19th for molly nikki and mills all running together on eminem Show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hand it over to Jay Mills. Closes out with a beautiful moment of yes, metaphysicalness. Yes, yes. I rolled the joint just for this. Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> okay. Snap, snap. Snippity snap. Snap. Snippity snap. Snap. So, um, <laughs> as you know, as I've said, I let this just manifest itself each and every week when that I'm blessed to be a part of the Eminem show, bringing this lovely metaphysicalness. And earlier, you know, we touched on meditation and dream manifestation and the recording of dreams, the remembering of dreams, the essence of what is real and where does your mind go when you sleep and all of these things. So I wanted to take this metaphysical moment to really dive back into that and get into this manifestation work. I uh, recently was going through some manifestation work myself and um, had to just do some spiritual growth to to level up and, and really uh, get the food that was needed to see the truth of the light that is me. So when we talk about what it is to shine and who we are and what we want, the, the, the truth is that we doubt ourselves. It's, it, it, we're afraid to shine, many of us, because we're afraid to fail at shining. Or maybe we don't think we deserve to shine. Maybe we think that someone else is is the one who should get there before us maybe we have a a, a shame and a guilt about shining there are many things that we feel that can hold us back that are blocking our chakras that are blocking our light that are really blocking us from being able to truly achieve the success that we say that we want because the universe knows your heart you cannot lie to yourself and I read this parable, well, a parable. Um, I read this uh, explanation about the parable of walking on water and how when they stepped out to walk on water with Jesus, when they looked down, started to drown. Not drown, but they started to sink. And there's a reality in walking on water and having that faith and entrusting in yourself Henry Ford said, if you think you can, you can. Mm. If you think you can't, you can't. And you cannot fool yourself. 
You cannot fool yourself. So when it comes to really, really thinking about what you want, you know, the the, I, the trip that someone took me through, the exercise that they took me through, she kept asking me this question and asking me this question. She said, what is your vision of success? Where do you truly see yourself when you have achieved all the goals and everything that you wanted to get? Where are you? Where are you living? What are you seeing? What are you doing? What do you have? What have you done? When you really feel like I've done, what is it? And she made me go through it, like see it, visualize it. What are all the things that you truly want to accomplish to say that I have accomplished my dreams? And my dreams are so big, it terrified me. Mm-hmm. When I really, really started doing this exercise and started seeing things, I realized that I really was afraid to dream that big for myself that I was blocking myself that I started doubting myself that I started saying I'm not ready and I'm not I don't have this like I broke that dream up in my brain and it was I saw how I blocked myself so I come with this metaphysical message because I always say that you know people think I'm so wise but if I'm talking to you I'm talking to me I'm leaving these messages to myself so I can look back on it later and be like, Mills, you told you. You said this. <laughs> I can't give advice Facts. to someone else that I can't take. The universe will call me on it. Like, well, didn't Facts. you say this? You know, shout out to my special friend that stay calling me out. <laughs> I'm not practicing what I preach. But it's facts, man, that you have to believe fully and totally in yourself. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to look at yourself and know that you deserve to shine. You deserve to shine because this whole earth is set up to tell you that you do not deserve to shine. They'll tell you that you need to go to school and learn about social studies and learn about Magellan and learn about the Pythagorean theorem and learn about random things that have nothing to do with what you actually want to do with your life. They tell you that after you've learned all these irrelevant things, you need to go to college so you can get a good job and work towards somebody else's dream for decades and decades and Just decades until you can retire. And then at the age of 65, if you're lucky, if you're you fucking lucky, then <laughs> you can finally do what it is that you want to do nah i don't believe that not for one second if they can dream they dream i can dream my dream and if your dream is to help somebody else's dream then god damn it you're a genie be that shit and support with all your heart just be honest with whatever it is that it is that you want to do be the best at that because you were called to do that you are supposed to shine it's what you're supposed to do you're literally light you are light personified how do you know that you are light because if you died and your eyes were open tell me what the fuck is missing your body there your eyes are open but what's not there? What is that that is not there? That is you. You are light. These are facts. You should shine. That is it. That is all. 
it's really as simple as you want to make it, but it's terrifying when you think about it because it's like, oh my gosh, if you're not light, you're dark. When you shine, there comes the shade that blocks the shine. Who is shined for someone that did not love your light? How much did it break your heart? Have you ever built something that someone despised you for building? These things that we want, the success that we want to have, it can be terrifying when you really start thinking about what it means to get it, what it means to be so loved that you will be hated. It's easy to come up with a bunch of excuses on why you didn't. It's easy to not even try because then you don't fail. But I'm just here with this metaphysical message to say that you are supposed to shine. You are supposed to shine. You're supposed to dream. You're supposed to have everything that you think of, everything that you dream of. You are light. You are a slice of the all. You are a creator. You can build or destroy. You are divine. And just as divinity, the all that is all and its infinite wisdom has saw fit to give us free will, so we must choose. And every choice to shine or not to shine, and every interaction and every conversation and every thought and everything is either shine or not to shine, love or not to love. You will always make that choice. And I say be proactive. Choose in advance to shine. Choose in advance to have faith for the best, for be positive in the source of your light. Know that you are meant to shine. You're meant to shine. You deserve greatness. You deserve greatness. I'm saying it to you because I'm saying it to me because I know how terrified I am of the greatness of my dreams and how every day I work hard to actively manifest the highest possible intention of myself. I give that light to you. One love. All right. Thank you. For that. You made me cry like three times over here. I don't think you saw that. Are you yeah. <laughs> Crying tears of light. Yes. yes. <laughs> tears of light and joy. Yes. I really feel you on that. That I, was uh, I felt I me on, on that. that was I'm gonna have to rewatch <laughs> this, man. Cheers. Cheers to that. Like I real live tried to dream and try to see my success and I blocked it. It yeah. really shattered. It yeah. was so crazy. Yeah. She was helping me dream and like uh, like uh, yeah i don't know uh, yeah it's scary uh, when you realize just how powerful uh, you really are yes and you've been told as a woman as a black person as a an other you know that you're not supposed to have that level of power of that level of shine and then when you realize you do you're like oh shit right shit what the fuck how am I going to get there, though? Like, <laughs> this journey is about Where's to be so glorious. Where's, Where's the, the handbook what? on shining? There's <laughs> one more thing, I guess, I'll leave as a wisdom nugget that has just helped me with that, making it through the shine, is knowing that there are things that you have to make happen, and there are things that you have to let happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I learned that. I learned that a month ago. I'm still learning. Like, that's my daily call. Make the shit happen and let the shit happen. Mm-hmm. 
And don't yeah. try to force some shit that you're supposed to let happen because you're going to fuck the happening up. Yeah. And don't try and fall back on some shit that you're supposed to make happen because you're going to fuck that yeah, shit Yeah, because then it's hard to know. It is hard to know because uh, they seem the same. And then you got to separate the other shit from the other shit. Make it happen. Or let, let it happen. happen. The wisdom nugget. Uh, wisdom nugget for real. Wisdom like, nugget. The biggest wisdom nugget ever. Closing out the with biggest wisdom a beautiful ever. metaphysical moment and a great wisdom <laughs> nugget. Thank you, J Mills. Vote for thank J Mills. You. Yes. And uh, I want to thank all our viewers again for tuning in to another Eminem show. We will catch you next week with our guest Chioma Iwoa. Yes. She is also on the DC. Uh, Dems for Action, yes. Dumb Trump Slate. She is a youth organizer and a fundraiser. So we're going to learn about what's going on with the youth and uh, get some tips for a successful fundraising. I know everyone needs to know about that. Yeah. So tune in next week, Tuesday at 9. Thank you again to One Love Massive, the you, whole cast, you. the whole crew. Whoop, whoop. Uh, yes. Shout out to all our viewers. To Nick. And, uh, Nick and Nick. Santos and Jesus who's sleeping in the <laughs> chair. <laughs> We'll catch everyone <laughs> next time. Peace out, y'all. Yes. Yo, yo. Yes, I.